0: At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I take you to the Chernobyl Exclusion Zone to tell you about an unlikely story of hope and healing. A much needed one as we wait to see the end of 2020. On Saturday, 26 April 1986, at the number 4 reactor in the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, life changed forever. The nuclear accident, considered one of the worst in history, took an estimated 4,000 lives and created radiation impact for countless others. The personal face of the tragedy was poignantly captured by Svetlana Alexievich in her book Voices from Chernobyl – The Oral History of a Nuclear Disaster. The book eventually went on to win the Nobel Prize for Literature. In 2019, based on this very book, HBO produced a five-episode series with an eerily haunting soundtrack by the Icelandic composer, Hildur Guðnadóttir. Every sound in this extraordinary score was captured from an actual power plant, including pumps, reactors and turbines. She captured field recordings at a now decommissioned nuclear plant in Lithuania where the series was filmed. But this is a Chernobyl you know. A Chernobyl you probably saw on TV. The place has seen a significant rise in dark tourism with people carrying giga counters and visiting it risking radiation exposure. But even if you did not indulge in such dark tourism and maybe were nowhere near Chernobyl, you could still get affected. In 2015, Two wildfires in the exclusion zone re-aerosolized radioactive particles in their smoke and carried them aloft, dozing parts of Europe all over again at about the level of a medical x-ray. And climate change has already increased the likelihood of fires in abandoned urban and semi-urban areas of Europe. Radiation deposited by fallout from Chernobyl has been measured in reindeers as far as Norway, which means that one of the lasting legacies of the exclusion zone extends far beyond its boundaries. Climate change-induced radioactive wildfires. Mm, I said that this is going to be a story of hope and healing. Well, just bear with me. In the aftermath of the explosion, having detected very high levels of radiation, the authorities sent soldiers to evacuate the people who lived nearby. When told by the soldiers, she could not take her pet with her because... His fur was radioactive. An elderly woman told them, No boys, I wouldn't go without the cat. How can I leave him? I won't leave him by himself. He is my family. The scene was recorded by filmmaker Sergei Gurin. Now Gurin told Svetlana Alexievich that he only films animals. He once showed his Chernobyl films to children. They asked all sorts of questions. But one really cut into his memory. This boy, stammering and blushing. You could tell he was one of the quiet ones. And he asked, why couldn't anyone help the animals? Later, after the evacuation of the residents, hunters were sent into the exclusion zone, a 30 kilometers radius around the nuclear plant, to exterminate all the pets that had been left behind. In our telling and retelling of stories, we often put us humans at the centre of the narrative. But what if we made the landscape itself as the key protagonist of our stories? What if we made the Chernobyl exclusion zone the narrator and actor in the last 30 years of Chernobyl? Because if we do, it would tell us an unlikely story of hope, equal parts happiness and despair. 2016 marked 30 years of the disaster. It's also the half life of cesium 137, one of the most widespread and dangerous causes of radiation. It means the amount of cesium has dropped by about half in 30 years. A great way to understand the impact of the disaster on life in the Chernobyl exclusion zone. In the absence of human beings, animals rule Chernobyl. The area has seen a surprising return of wildlife of all kinds, from moose, deer, beaver and owls to more exotic species like brown bear, lynx and wolves. Without people hunting them or ruining their habitat, wildlife is thriving despite high radiation levels. One can count dozens of birds, ravens, songbirds, birds of prey and dozens of swans paddling in the radioactive cooling pond. This is not to say that the radiation has not had an impact. Wolves have higher rates of cataracts, There is partial albinism amongst barn owls and cuckoos have become less common. However, scientists say that the exposure is probably not enough to suppress populations to the point where they can't sustain themselves. In the zone, humans have been removed from the system and this greatly overshadows any of those potential radiation effects. In a sense, what this means is that human populations have a bigger negative impact than nuclear radiation. Let that sink in. Or if I may quote Svetlana from her book, where she pithily remarks, Is there anything more frightening than people? Scientists have set up camera traps to record animal populations in the exclusion zone. Across both the Ukrainian and Belarusian side, they continue to report a dramatic return of wildlife. It's as if animals are reclaiming the land once colonized by humans. Even in our lives, with the pandemic restricting our movements, we have seen animal populations bounce back the world over. If Sergei Gurin was still closely following Chernobyl today, he would go back to the boy. I'd imagine Sergei would say, the animals do not need the helping. They are doing all right without us. If you like this podcast...